So everybody, welcome Zane. Give him a hand. For you don't know, I'm going to brag on this man. When we do a fellowship, and you've been out here at the tailgate parties out there, or when we've gone to the lake and we've done stuff at the lake, when we do a fellowship, the person who coordinates all that is this guy right here. All right, he gets it all together. Um, he does a lot. And he has six kids, which is one more than me, which is just nuts. I don't know how he does that. Yeah, I'm tired too. And he's tired too. Uh, but he's going to come and he's going to share the word today. So Zane, do what you do, brother. Thank you. Very much. Awesome. Thank you. So yeah, so you got the Bible app. You can follow along with that. I'm uh, old school, so I've got lots of notes that are handwritten that I'm going to go to. So um, thank you all so much for coming today. Uh, if it was as much uh, of a struggle for you as it was for me uh, to get here this morning, uh, then, you know, congratulations, we made it. Because it, it was really a spiritual battle for me to be here. Uh, sickness in our home, sickness with me, and I'm one of those who rarely gets sick. And I did yesterday, but uh, here I am, and uh, Chris asked me to speak, and I immediately got excited because we get to talk about Jesus today. I mean, that's the single greatest thing that we get to talk about is Jesus. We just sang that song, There's Power in the Name of Jesus. And I, and I believe that with all I have and with all I am, that there's power in the name of Jesus. You can't even mention his name without drawing some strong emotions from people. You either get extreme anger or you get people who are just very quiet. You get a lot of people who are extremely excited when you mention Jesus' name. But then a lot of times you get people who are uncomfortable. Talking about Jesus makes them uncomfortable. So I want us today to talk about Jesus with excitement in an exciting way. We got Easter coming next week. Uh, we're going to be in a new building. We're going to have lots of new people there. And I want them to see in us that, yes, we're celebrating Easter, that Jesus rose from the dead, that he came back to life for us and for our sins. But that's not something that we celebrate only once a year. That's something as Christians that we live every single day, that it's something that defines us in every fiber of every being of who we are, that we love Jesus, and that's what they see. So we're going to talk today about believing in Jesus and what it means to believe. And um, it's really been something that's been on my heart for a while, and that is just talking about Jesus and kind of the basics of our faith. Because I think we can really start to add a lot of stuff to what it means to believe in Jesus. We'll add all kinds of things to it. You know, the church is really good at you know, giving you a checklist of, well, this, you know, you got to love Jesus, but you got to go to... Uh, worship, and then you, you, you got to love Jesus, but you also have to be in a life group. You know, you love Jesus, but you also have to go to this men's prayer meeting every Wednesday morning at five o'clock. I mean, there's always something that we're adding to it, but when you get down to it, it's all about Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, I was preparing some of this yesterday afternoon, and I have a five-year-old daughter, and she came up to me. She said, "Daddy, do you like to preach?" And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's going to be fun. I'm really going to like it. And she said, well, you don't get to preach about candy. You get to preach about Jesus. So she, even she knew two things I greatly love. I love some candy, but I love some Jesus even more. Um, so I wanted to, to mention this real quick because I was talking with somebody right before this sermon. And I'm going to go way back in time. I was 18 years old. Um, I had this... I guess it was like a vision. And I could see myself talking in churches. And I had no idea what that meant. 
when I was 18 years old. I wasn't yet a Christian. Uh, I was raised in a Christian home with parents that would talk about Jesus. We didn't go to church. We didn't really live a Christian lifestyle. It was just something that was kind of in the background of, of how we did our lives. And um, I met my wife, Nicole. She's the mother of our six children. And, I mean, I was extremely shy. I was an extremely shy person. I wouldn't even talk to people normally. I went to her house and met her parents, and we had dinner, and I wouldn't even talk to them. Uh, we were eating dinner, and I'm like, hey, hey Nicole, can you, you pass some tea? Can I have some tea? I wouldn't ask anybody. She'd have to reach, can, can I have some corn? And she would give me some corn. And so when I had that kind of glimpse of what my life was going to be like, um, I was like, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. How are you going to have me speaking in churches? I can't even talk. I can't even talk to adults. I mean, I was 18 years old. And I didn't feel like I was an adult. I mean, I was so shy. I sat on the floor. I wouldn't even sit on their furniture. I don't even know what that was about, but that's what I did. <laughs> so I want you to know, and I want to kind of just encourage you real quick, that, that it's about obedience. It's not about the gifts that you have. It's not about... Uh, well, I'm a really great speaker, and, and God wants me to do this. It's really just about listening to him, being obedient to him. And uh, the first verse I want us to take a look at is 1 Peter 3.15. Uh, and I may have shared this with Jesse to put on, put on the board. It says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So what that's telling us is that we are to know what we are about in Jesus. We're to know who Jesus is, why we love him, why he loves us. And then we're supposed to be able to go out and tell people about him, to talk to people about him. And I think that's where there's a disconnect in the church. There's a disconnect in the Christian faith today. There's a lot of people who really don't know why they love Jesus. They don't know why Jesus loves them. They just do. They they. Don't spend the time to be in the Word and look at it. And we're in, you know, it's crazy. We're in this information age, this technology age, where we have all the information at the touch of a button. We can, you know, Google something. I mean, there's no waiting. I mean, when I was in a kid, you know, I was a kid, I had to look it up in these old encyclopedias that my parents bought. And I'm looking up information, and now I can immediately go, well, who was, this, you know, who was the star of this movie? And I'll, you know, look it up. You know, I bet Kevin Bacon was in that movie. And I'll look, you know, I'll look it up immediately. It's all there for us. But we have all this information, but we're so dumb, really. I mean, when you look at it, we, we have access to all this stuff. But if you don't believe me, just ask somebody for directions when you go anywhere. I mean, they're going to say, just Google it. Pull up with your phone. Nobody can tell you how to get anywhere. You just Google it. So... I've really had it on my heart to talk about this, and uh, we actually had some friends a couple weeks ago who mentioned, what if we just talked about the basics of Christianity? So um, I decided to do a, do a sermon back to basics. So, so here we go. And we've got a lot of scripture, a lot of ground to cover, and we only have a limited amount of time to, um, to get there. Uh, but I wanted to say this uh, as well, and this is another kind of experience of mine. I was in the Army, a lot of you might know that, and I was on a deployment uh, to Baghdad. You see, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people in here who are more qualified than I am to be up here. Probably a lot of people in here who are a lot smarter than I am, a lot more in tune with the Holy Spirit than I am. And you know, it, it's, you know, it kind of takes you down a notch a little bit. And I was in Baghdad. I had this kind of same thing happen to me. Uh, and I was in uh, this kind of a forward operating base. We ran a prison for 
enemy prisoners of war, and I, and I had an office job, and I was around a lot of different people. Army's kind of a melting pot of a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different educations, a lot of different financial stratus, you know, it's just a lot of different people. And I had some friends that, you know, kind of over here, they were the intellects. They were very intelligent, very intellectual. Uh, they knew stuff. And, and I was like, I'm, I'm kind of smart, you know. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm a little bit smart. But I wasn't as smart as these guys. Then I had these other friends that were, like, into weightlifting. And, you know, this one guy who was, like, like seconds away from running Olympic marathon times. And I'm like, man, God, I'm just not, I'm not, I don't, you know, I work out, I run, but I'm really slow. And I had these other friends, you know, kind of over here at church that, you know, they had been in church their whole lives. One was the son of some missionaries. He was raised in Argentina, and they knew church history, and they knew things about church that I didn't know. And I was like, God, what, what am I good at? I mean, I just felt really down, and, and it really bothered me. And I really believe the Holy, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that day, because when I asked, he answered I was like, God, what am I good at? And it hit me. Like a, I mean, it's like a lightning bolt. And it's like, you're good at believing me. And I was like, wow. And I started crying and tears are flowing down my face. And I'm like, wow, God. I'm good at believing you. And that's a gift. That's a gift, guys. That's a spiritual gift. So not only do we have faith that God gives us. In Ephesians 2, 8 says, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So I know that even the faith that I have to believe comes from God. It's the same for everybody in this room. Even the faith, the faith that we have comes from him, okay? But then there's spiritual gifts. There's a spiritual gift of faith, and we don't have time to get in that. You can check out 1 Corinthians 12, 9 talks about spiritual gifts, but I have that gift of faith. You can even go online and do a test. You can take a spiritual gifts assessment, and, it, and you'll kind of find out, hey, we're, you know, we're on the spectrum of spiritual gifts. Do I fall? And every time I do one of those tests, that's what it comes down to. You're really good at believing me. So what does it mean when we say, I believe, or I'm a believer, or, I'm a Christian? Uh, I, I think that's a big question, and so we need to examine what it means biblically and then we have to make sure that what we believe aligns with what God is telling us in the Bible, right? So we want everything that we go by to be tested by Scripture. So we'll start out in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And like I said, there's a lot of verses. Uh, and I'll kind of read the verses and go through. So all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So, all scripture. That's cover to cover, you know, from left to right, top to bottom, it's everything. And there's no gray area there. No gray area. I think, am I good? I think, am I cutting in and out? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. So, all scripture is breathed out by God. Some uh, versions will say, uh, inspired. So everything, every book of the Bible is inspired by God. So, like I said, there's no gray area there. It doesn't mean that we get to pick and choose what's true. We don't get to pick and choose the verses we like compared to the verses we don't like. Um, all scripture. So we have to believe it 
for what it is because this perfect God gave us his perfect word that we are to believe every word that's in it. Every word came from him. There's no error. There's no possibility for error. That's how good God is. And I think that's, that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. We like to kind of just walk around and believe what we want to believe and not test it against Scripture. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's all his, and we are called to believe it, every word of it. So we know that the Bible comes from God, and we know in Genesis 1, 1 through 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So Genesis 1, the reason we go there is because in the beginning there was God. So God existed in the beginning. Everything that we know, everything we see, comes from Him. We also see in this verse that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So we know that God was there and the Holy Spirit was there. So what about Jesus? Well, the Bible tells us in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And if we drop down to 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt and we saw his glory as only begotten Father, I'm still cutting out really bad. I can just talk really loud. <laughs> Everybody hear me okay? Yes. Awesome. So more spiritual battles. <laughs> Sorry. Is this okay? Is this loud? People hear me? Awesome. I feel like uh, I'm at an Assembly of God church and getting ready to sing. (laughs) 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 Or with a vacuum. I do vacuum a lot. All right. So we're talking about John 1, uh, and we're talking about the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten Son, Father full of grace and truth. So Jesus was in the beginning. So we're, it's revealed to us in verse 14 that Jesus is the Word. So we can go back and read that verse. We get to see when we replace the Word with Jesus. We get to see in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory Wow, I mean, I, that's awesome. Jesus was in the beginning, so we've got God the Father, we've got God the Son, and we've got God the Holy Spirit all there in the beginning. And what does that mean for us? So we go to John 3.16 because Jesus just came on the scene. So John 3.16, everybody probably knows this first. I'm going to read it, and if you know it, recite it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That that verse is everywhere. We see it everywhere. It's under Tim Tebow's eyes. It's on, um, you know, signs at ball games. I mean, it's everywhere. We know that verse, and everyone loves that verse, and we teach it to our children. It's one of the first things that we do as Christians when we're trying to raise our kids in a Christian home is to get them to know who Jesus is. But then as we get older we really start to lose the meaning of that verse. That is such a strong verse. That is the gospel 
all in a couple of words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, it doesn't say, you know, this group of people, that group of people, this group of people, it's only for him, it's only for your parents, for your cousins, for your aunt and uncles. It says, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we take that verse for granted. So we know that God loved us so much that he gave his son, and his son died on the cross, and his son's name is Jesus. So what does Jesus say about that? So in John 14, 6, Jesus is talking to Thomas, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is telling Thomas right there, he's telling us that there's no other way to get to the Father except through Jesus. Jesus is the only way. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. It's not Jesus plus all of these other things. You go and read all of Paul's letters. Paul's telling people it's not Jesus plus the law. It's not Jesus plus circumcision. It's not Jesus plus all these things you want to add to it. It's Jesus. That's it. So when I teach the kids, I'm downstairs in kids' side all the time, and I get that Sunday school answer, any question that you ask, it doesn't matter. The kids are going to answer Jesus. And they've got it. I'm telling you, they've got it better than we have it. Because they know that everything that we're talking about circles back to Jesus. Every last thing. And I, you know, Chris mentioned that, you know, there were some educated people. Um, I do have a degree in theology. I'm not trying to boast or, or anything like that. But when I was studying this, everything that I studied, it was amazing how deep you would get and how it all came back to Jesus. Everything, sin. You start talking about sin, which we're going to talk about in a minute. It goes back to Jesus. Everything goes back to Jesus. And that is where we need to be as the church. To have that excitement about Jesus and who he is. And what it really means to believe. So, so far we've kind of know that there's a God. The God, the Father. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And, and so why? I mean, why did... Jesus died on the cross from our sins. So you may have heard that sin separates us from God. And I mentioned Paul just a minute ago. And you look at Romans, and, I mean, it's amazing. I'm going to go through three verses really quick. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You go to 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm starting to get somewhere. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Paul wrote all that. The Holy Spirit spoke through Paul, and he wrote all of that. He just told us what it means to believe. So we know that we all are sinners. It doesn't say just some. It says all. So all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But what does that mean? That means that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's Jesus again. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And here's the important part. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul summed it up, all of it, right there. 
couple of months ago, and, um, and I'll mention her, I hope she doesn't get embarrassed, Mandy was giving her testimony up here, and she uh, was talking about a verse that meant a lot to her, and she's talking about Matthew, and uh, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Wow. So we just said that confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord is something that we should do, but in Matthew, we're learning that not everybody who confesses, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, that God will say, get away from me. Some uh, versions will say, you doers of lawlessness. So I've never, I don't know about you, I've never cast out any demons. I'm not one. It says drive out demons and perform many miracles. I've never performed any miracles at all. And I was thinking about this verse this morning. I'm like, well, God, where do I go? Where do I go with that? Where do I go with that? I'll never be good enough. I'll never be able to do all those things. And then lightning bolt moment, it doesn't matter what I do. It matters what Jesus did. It matters what Jesus did. So it's not just an oral confession. We're not just confessing with our mouths that Jesus is Lord we are believing it in our hearts. We're buying into it 100%. Every fiber of our being, everything that we know, everything that we do is all based on who Jesus is and what he means in our lives. So if you continue reading in Matthew, Jesus tells us, he gets to tell us what it really means. So he says, get away from me, you doers of lawlessness, but then he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who has these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And he doesn't stop there. He says, and great was the fall of it. So that's my big question for everybody. That's my big question for us in our faith is, do we believe it? Do we believe it or are we just saying we believe it? Because it means so much more to say, I believe because you, know, you look in James, even James is talking about the demons. The demons know who Jesus is. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but that doesn't mean that they're getting into heaven. Satan knows who Jesus is. That doesn't mean he's getting into heaven. We have to believe it in our hearts, and it affects us. It affects in how we interact with people, how uh, people see us. People will see Jesus in you. you know, you've probably sang that song, to others see Jesus in you? It will shine in everything that you do, and I don't, I mean, I can't even explain it. That's something from the Holy Spirit. But my question for you is, like, what, what are you holding on to? And Chris mentioned this earlier. What are you holding on to that's keeping you from Jesus? What do you have in your life 
that makes you think that Jesus isn't accessible to you or that you don't want to give yourself up so much that you have to let go, go of the control that you have on your life. And I'm telling you, you don't have control over your life. Jesus has control of every last bit of it. I promise you that. I've, I've uh, kind of walked this earth long enough to know that, that it doesn't matter what I do. If I'm wrong, Jesus is going to steer me right back to where I need to go. So what are you holding on to? This morning I, I was praying and I was thinking about some things that have been going on in my life. And when I was in, uh, when I was in Baghdad, things were financially for my family. Thing, I mean, things were good. I mean, we were doing fine. We didn't have any money issues, no worries. I was away from home, which sucked. I mean, it was bad. I didn't like that. And I didn't know what God had in store for the next 11 years of my life. And I'm glad that he gave me that gift of faith to believe in him. Because I think if I didn't believe him, that he had my best interest at heart in everything that happened, job loss after job loss, um, bankruptcy. I, I mean, it's been a miracle how God has acted in our lives. And I was thinking about that and, and some thinking about things about work kind of recently and having some hard time in my job. And I was talking with uh, Nicole. We've recently started listening to a lot of praise music. So, and if you don't listen to praise music, I encourage you to. I mean, it lifts up our house. Our kids are singing it. I, I mean, it's changed the atmosphere of our home, uh, which we're doing a class. I'm an unshamed plug. We have a home group. Uh, that meets on Sunday nights at 6.30 uh, at my house, uh, and it's a Christ-centered family. And so if you're interested in that, I mean, please come and talk to us about it. But that was one of the things that we started talking about was really playing praise music and just kind of building an environment where we're built up. And some powerful things have been happening in our home. And uh, there was a song, it's called, Oh, Come to the Altar, and I had been listening to that song. I mean, I literally can listen to these songs over and over and over again, which is unique for me because I don't, that's not usually the kind of music that I listen to. I mean, I listen to everything from, you know, Guns N' Roses to Josh Groban. I mean, that's how wide the spectrum of what I listen to is. So, and in old stuff too. But So I listened to this old Come to the Altar and I just, I felt that we were at a crossroads in our lives and I just felt that God, people keep telling us, God's getting ready to do something. God's getting ready to do something, Zane. He's getting ready to do something, Nicole. And I just felt like, oh, come to the altar, that God wanted me to come to him as a child. His arms were wide open for me. And I was just, I'm like, God, what? What are you trying to tell me? You want me to come to you as a child? And I was with Nicole one evening in the, in the car. This is, I think, the same day. And I'm like, Nicole, I think the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to me. I was really excited. I was like, I think he's trying to speak to me. And she said, that reminds me, Zane, I have a song I want you to hear. And I'm like, okay. So I tell her, she's queuing up the song, and I start to tell her what I had just felt that I felt that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and that God wants me to come to him as a child. 
that his arms are stretched wide for me. And so she starts playing this song. It's called No Longer Slaves. I don't know if you've heard that song. It's a very powerful song. And he, the song is talking about we're no longer slaves, we're free. That there's freedom. And then there's this part that they just start saying over and over and over again. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And another lightning bolt moment for me. I'm like, God, you just, just told me, you know, come to you with my arms open and your arms are open. And you're going to receive me as a child of God. And I'm like, wow, you just gave us that song. You just gave me that song. And now I listen to that song over and over and over again. So I implore you to think of it that way. We get to come to Christ as children. We get to come to him with childlike faith. And though things get complicated and people try to make our faith complicated, it's all about Jesus. That's where it starts, and that's where it ends. It's all about him. And Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, laid on my heart that day, I am a child of God. And, and, and I'll go even deeper than that. I'd felt a moment, I was like, Nicole, we're at this crossroads, and I feel like all i got to do, I feel like Moses has got to raise my staff, and something's going to happen. And then in that song, he's talking about, you split the seas, and I walked right through it. I'm a child of God. You split the seas, and I walked right through it. So wherever you are, wherever you are in your walk, if you're um, a new Christian, if you're a Christian who's been living this life for, for as long as you can remember, take an accounting today of where you are and go back to the basics of our faith, that it all hinges on Jesus. Everything comes from him. Everything is because of him, and everything is for him. And... If you're at that moment where you don't know which way to go, just know that he's there with his arms open. His arms are open wide, and he wants you to come as children. Come as children to him. You don't need a super deep faith that is grounded with degrees. You don't need a super deep faith because your parents were pastors or your mother was a worship leader. Whatever it is, you don't need that. Jesus is it. That's all you need. And that if we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that he is Lord, there's our salvation. So I'll leave you with Luke 23, 43. It's a favorite verse of mine. Um, the thief on the cross. And he, he asks Jesus you know, or tells Jesus, you remember me. And Jesus says, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. And, and it's what a perfect display of faith. His faith gave him salvation. His faith in Jesus gave him salvation. He didn't have to do anything else. He didn't go out and work at the missions, and he didn't go out and, you know, the, not that these things are bad, he didn't go out and teach life groups or pastor a church. His faith took him with Jesus that day, surely today. He didn't say tomorrow. He didn't say well, you know, if you get down from that cross and you go do a bunch of good stuff, you know, then you'll get to be with me in heaven. He says, surely today you will be with me in paradise. So it's for all of us. Salvation is for all of us. Take an accounting of your walk and where you are and um, 
give it all to him. Let go of the things that are keeping you from seeking him. Let go of the things that have you grounded in this life. Because we know that this life, I mean, it's a natural life, uh, but we're not about the natural. God is about the supernatural. He's not about flesh and blood. He's about what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on uh, that is affecting you in every way. It's like I said about coming here, you know, microphones going out. I mean, there's stuff like that. So where are you in your walk? So I, I just ask if that is something that, that is really bothering you. You're at a point in your life where you don't really know if you're saved or not. Uh, we're going to have some people come up here very shortly that are going to, uh, to pray with you. Come on, wrap up. And we're going to do uh, some worship, so we're going to continue to worship. But we'll have some people, so come up and pray. We've got some prayer teams that would love nothing more than to, um, to pray with you. And it's powerful. My wife gave her testimony a couple weeks ago um, about praying with them. And uh, there's power in the name of Jesus, guys.